0: Somebody will read an attribute of God that they don't like, particularly the ones that are less, we would attribute it to, to a more kind God, the grace, the mercy, the love. Mm. And so the, the wrath of God, for instance, um, I've heard people say, mm. uh, that's not my God. You know, the God of the Old Testament is not my God. The God who sent the flood, that's not my God. Well, then. That's not, that your God is not God. That's, if you don't have the full gospel that they could talk about, then mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not describing God. You're describing your own, your own formation of something that you want to believe is, is God.
1: In the early 2000s, David Crowder wrote a song, no one was quite sure how to receive. It was called God of Wrath. The lyrics called God, the Lord over wrath and love, as well as justice and peace. The idea of these traits being part of God was startling for some listeners. Most worship songs talk about God's love or mercy, but is there a time and place for praising God's wrath? Today Keith Holloway joins Gary Wilkerson to discuss what the wrath of God is and isn't. But before we join them, we want you to know about a quick new way to find our newest podcast episode. Hey Alexa, play the Gary Wilkerson podcast. With Alexa, you don't have to type, search, or even open your computer to hear the latest encouragement from Gary and his guests. We would not be able to create podcasts like this one without generous listeners like you. Thank you for making this and other World
0: Challenge resources possible. And now, here's Gary. Gary Wilkson here with the Gary Wilkson podcast, and I am with my dear friend Keith Holloway, we have been talking about the divine nature of the Romans, uh, chapter one, that is divine attributes of been made known to us. You were kind enough, Keith, to walk us through uh, some of those ways that they're known through creation, through scripture, through the Holy Spirit, and through Christ, his divine nature, uh, manifest in the incarnation and living among us. And his death, the burial, resurrection shows us the knowledge uh, of God. And uh, now back to the overall attributes of God. If you take these 12 or 15 or 20 that we'll be discussing, um, you, know, you mentioned that it's kind of like um, you know, prism or a, you know you just look like like a diamond. it's it's one thing, God, God is one. That's what
1: mm-hmm.
0: when Israel said, you know God is one, uh, they they weren't writing that. They didn't say there's there's two different things. One is there is one God. And they spoke about that, the Hebrew children, but they also said, then God is one, two very different things. and and mm-hmm. we have, uh, I started to say this earlier, you and I have different attributes that are measurable, and um, they have ebb and flow to them. God is immutable. He doesn't change, but we change. So sometimes I'm nicer, sometimes not so nice. Uh, Those are attributes that I have. Um, So I I have an attribute of sometimes I'm kind of wise, I've made some wise decisions in my life. And I've used wisdom at times, particularly in the girl I married, that was the wisest thing I've ever done. Um, So so wisdom is something I have. It's not something but I am not wisdom. Uh, so God's attributes are not just characteristics of Him. Mm-hmm. It is, he, he is not just. He doesn't have just wise judgments. He is wisdom. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just act lovingly. He is love. So that's the prisoner you're talking about. It's we see the different characteristics, but it's all in one, and um, they they are not. I would say they are one, and I would say number two, they are not contradictory. Uh, it's not like sometimes I'm angry. And then I feel better and I, and I say, I'm sorry, I got angry, and now I'm nice and kind again. Those are contradictory things. God is not contradictory. Those things are married together. So it goes back to God is one. Um, this is another attribute of God that some people list, Keith, is called the simplicity of God. It's Probably the least known I've ever heard, You know, I've never heard it preached on, and even in Bible school or reading J.I. Packer or others, I, I had not so recently heard of the simplicity of God, and it doesn't mean he's simple-minded, or he's easy to access in the sense of like, oh, it's just simple to come nonchalantly into his presence. Uh, the simplicity of God means that all of these attributes are one inside of him. Uh, they, they are not necessarily distinguished in his divine nature. So he is. So you. Um, so you see the wrath of God and say, I, I don't really like the wrath of God. That's a rough characteristic. But the wrath of God is he's wrathful because he's righteous. And you say, okay, that that makes more sense. Well, he's righteous because he's just. So, well, okay, I actually feel like the world needs justice. Well, he's just. He's just because he's truth. Okay, truth is God is good. Well, he's truth because he's good. His goodness brings. Okay, he's good. That's that's interesting. So, I, I kind of like the goodness of God. Well, he's good because he's loving. He is not just loving. He is love. And now, sudden we're sort of going like, okay, I like that characteristic of God. But really, you haven't changed any bit of God. He is from his wrath to his love is one thing. And once we break it down, here's the third thing I would say is if we look at them as contradictory or breaking into parts, we're going to have uh, fi- priorities or favorites. And, and this is a huge mistake that we will make. And this is a huge mistake. Society, culture, church movements, church uh, doctrines, uh, 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 denominations, uh, we thin ourselves out and we diminish ourselves when we diminish the attributes of God to certain ones that we love and appreciate. Mm-hmm. And so, back in in uh, in the early days of America, the Jonathan Edwards type preachers, the the circuit riders, the hellfire and brimstone preachers, they seem to love. And when you read about them, they 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 have a much stronger view of God's certain attributes: His justice, His holiness, His wrath, um, His truthfulness. That uh, and uh, now I think if you really read them in depth, they're going to show grace and mercy and love too. But predominantly known for those switched to 200 years later, and we have a culture now that doesn't want to, that wants to dismiss wrath of God, to, uh, almost to look uh, to look suspiciously on the justice of God. Like, is he really just when there's earthquakes and tsunamis and cancer and COVID-19? Is God just? So we, we actually sort of want to diminish those things. You know, i was speaking of how they took away the, the you know, the, uh, such a worm as I in one of the songs. Uh, that the, I think it was the, I believe it was the Presbyterian Church, uh, in their hymnal, uh, wrote to the author who wrote that song, um, The Wrath of God Was Satisfied. And they said, Can we change that to The Love of God Was Magnified? We don't want to put the Wrath of God in the song in our songbook. And thankfully, the songwriter, uh, the, the Gettys, I uh, thankfully said no, it's that's that's you know, that's an attribute of God and it needs to be known in this generation. And so we can't, we can't, you know, this is the third point I'm making is that you you can't have favorite attributes of God. And I would go so far as to say, if you do, if you if all you have underlined in, in your Bible is mercy, love, and grace, you need to go into an in-depth study about the justice of God and the wrath of God and the holiness of God. Or if you're on the other hand, you're sort of like everything in the Bible and everything, every sermon you listen to is is sort of from the, that camp, so to speak, then you need to, to study the, the other attributes of God, the mercy. So because God is revealing himself in oneness, and as we, we understand the fullness, you know, the, the manifold wisdom of God, uh, and I think as Paul writes that, he's writing about the manifold divine attributes of God being known to man, uh, they're they're many-sided, but it's one thing. And when we get that, then we become okay. Here's now my so what now what we become when we see God in fullness. We become a more full human being. We are not diminished to be, um, you know, either angry and justice and wrath, or and holy, uh, but we become loving and gracious and mercy, or vice versa. If we're if if we wink at sin because we think grace is the only attribute God has. Then we are going to uh, end up in heresy and end up living a diminished life and end up probably being, you know, every time you cut off a, a, any one of the attributes of God, you become more low view of God, right? Because we've been talking about the high view and the low view of God. Every aspect of God you take away, it diminishes the view of the majesty and the splendor of God and, be, and then it highlights us that much more. That was a long, long thing, but those are my those are kind of my views of of how we practically uh, administer in our own life the attributes of God. What are you thinking now as you're listening to this, Keith? Yeah,
2: you you mentioned uh, last week or week before about uh, the author A.W. Pink, and uh, you asked me if I would read, and I, I did read uh, The Justice of God by Pink. But he talks about that uh, whenever we take, these attributes, either we not understanding them fully and we declare them to be something that they aren't, or we begin to pick and choose through these attributes. His words are, it becomes a perversion of his character. And as a result, people become fatally deceived. That's very powerful. Uh, We have to see him as he is, as he has revealed him. And uh, most of the time, I think that uh, we've suppose God to be as we are, uh, and that we have brought him down, uh, by elevating, uh, uh one, uh, following, uh, A.W. Pink taking, taking an attribute and, uh, highlighting it and, uh, exemplifying it above everything else, uh, is a perversion of who he is. And if we pervert who he is, then how can we know him? And our lives, I think would show, as he said, the f- a fatal uh, flaw, but uh, but that it would be so detrimental to us. I yeah. think that's what you're speaking of, the condition of many today. The church, uh, especially the organized church, uh, has become fatally flawed in some ways uh, because they have uh, uh, highlighted certain ones, certain attributes over the other. That's why we want to hear grace, we want to hear mercy, we want to hear love. And uh, that's good. Those are attributes so those things we should speak. But if they're not, I don't want to say balance per se, but if they're not also accompanied by that, he is a God of holiness, he's a God of justice, um, he's a God of uh, all power and might, then those things become out of balance. They're applied inappropriately. And, and by overwhelming people with love and mercy and grace and goodness and kindness and favor, uh, which all that we need, but it begins to think, well, then God doesn't really care that much about sin and everybody is good in his sight. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just, again, I mean, I, I can't say it any better. I don't think that it's a perversion of his character and therefore it's a, it's a fatal flaw to us. So it's, it behooves us to search out these attributes and to uh, ask the Holy Spirit to Give to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know Him. That was uh, the prayer that Paul prayed to to many of the churches. Uh, It's a prayer that we need to pray today for our own lives. This is not an exercise of futility. This is not just uh, intellectual um, uh, activities that we do during COVID-19 because we're home and we're bored. Uh, These are things really that pertain to life and pertain to to spirit, and uh, again, uh, the Bible says in Proverbs uh, twenty-three, I think it's verse seven, that as a man thinks, so is he. So, uh, how we think of God, and how, or if we do even think of God, uh, or if we've become so um, so set in our thinking of Him, we've already defined Him. God is love, and that's what that's about. All we ever talk about. Uh, well, that's good. And there'll be benefit that'll come out of that. We need to really come in and share more. You know, this kind of reminds me where people say uh, uh, this church or that man or that woman, they preach a half gospel. Uh, and Then, you know, you have churches that are the full gospel church. Uh, we need that kind of aspect. We're We're focusing sometimes on singular attributes or smaller groups of attributes when in that really we need to contemplate uh, and search the scriptures. We need to ask the Holy Spirit. We need to look again upon Christ to see the full display uh, of his attributes that we might know him and know him well and represent him well here on earth.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's powerful, Keith. um, I would add Romans one we we were talking about this. I think it was last week mm-hmm. that uh, uh, who by righteousness, mm-hmm. who by their own unrighteousness, rather than the righteousness of God, by their own righteousness, suppress the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think it's talking there more about um, a pagan, uh, someone who's uh, unregenerate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it can be spoken of us as well, as we we tend to suppress certain truths. Uh, I suppose you've heard this as well as I have. It's like. Somebody reads an attribute of God that they don't like, particularly the ones that are less we would attribute it to, to a more kind God—the grace, the mercy, the love—and mm-hmm. so the the wrath of God, for instance, um, I've heard people say, mm-hmm. uh, "That's not my God." You know, the God of the Old Testament is not my God. The God who sent the flood—that's not my God. Well, then, that's not then your God is not God. That's if you don't have the full gospel that you talk about, then mm-hmm. you're not. You're not describing God. You're describing your own, your own formation of something that you want to believe is, is God. You're you're taking your own nature, projecting it onto God and saying that's who God is. He's like he's like me, mm-hmm. and that is a suppression of the truth, or a diminishment of the truth, or a reduction of the truth. Mm-hmm. And so, not only can we sometimes. Um, Eject certain attributes of God. Sometimes we can hold on to them because we know they're biblical, but diminish them and say, okay, we, you know, we know God has has is holy, but let's not really talk a lot about that. We're from a camp of holiness, and well, we know God is gracious, but we don't want to talk about grace too much because people might give them license to sin. And so, you know, in our own feeble humanistic mindset, we we tend to think that God is incapable of being one and and adding these attributes towards each other without the big contradictory, but being in wholeness with one another. Um, again, we've been studying Tozer and he's, he by no means compares anything to the scripture. The scripture is so far above him, but sometimes he helps us understand scripture. He says this, uh, between his attributes, speaking of God, there is no contradiction can exist. He need not suspend one to exercise the other, for in him, all his attributes are one. All of God does all that God does. He does not divide himself to perform a work but works in the total unity of his being an attribute then is not a part of God. It is how God is. And as far as reasoning mind can go, we may say that is what God is. And so uh, these attributes are what God is not not great grammar there, but these are things that God is. He is these things. He's not doing these, just doing these things. Um, And and so he, so he is, And and our encouragement, Keith, you and I, what we're doing this for, it's not for our own entertainment, but it is to create a um, culture today and in the church today, particularly, a restoration of this hunger for the the depth and revelation. You know, Paul's cry, oh, that I might know him. You know, he said that at the end of his life, right? You know, he's he's he spent his whole life pursuing God. And he's saying, oh, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection uh, to, to know these powerful things of God. So uh, let's wrap things up for today and uh, we'll come back next week and we'll dig into sp- specific attributes of God, Lord willing. Um, mm-hmm. the, the passage in James is becoming more and more clear to me, you know, tomorrow if the Lord wills, we shall do such and such a thing. And um, it's becoming more and more real as we talk here today. You know, we never know where these conversations are going to end up. Well, we're not necessarily planning a script here, but we are looking at a, a guideline um, to help people oh. see and lift it up and uh, be exalted in, in new ways. So any closing thoughts, Keith, and then I'll Wrap things up and we'll
2: say goodbye to folks. Yeah, just a closing thought, Gary, was uh, uh, following up on God is and then his attributes are, uh, is that uh, many people struggle when they look at the God of the Old Testament. Uh, And they say God killed people and he put plagues on people and he put sickness and disease, you know, and they... Uh, say that, well, in the Old Testament he was a God of wrath, but in the New Testament he's a God of love. The mm-hmm. fact is he's not he's not separated. Right. Uh, the Bible itself uh, is a old covenant, an old promise, and a new promise, but it all stems from a singular God. God is one, and there is one God. And as God, uh, in all that he is, he displays or reveals himself to humanity through the course of human existence in different ways. And uh, there are things in the Old Testament that we adhere to. There's things that we don't adhere to anymore. Uh, So there's uh, a context. Uh, There is also human will involved. And, um, you know, some would look at uh, dispensationalism. Uh, And without getting too much into that, it's just that God dealt with humans along the course of human history in different ways. He was still all one, but his attributes were seen, and they weren't just seen one here and and then one in the New Testament. He was expressing himself over and over again, so the God that did put sickness and disease and stuff like that on people, largely as a response to their sin, in the New Testament is in a period of the church age, where he's extending grace, he's forbearing again, he's long-suffering, these are all attributes of God that play into our understanding of who He is and how we relate to Him, and also then how we relate to others. Uh, we have to have a clear view of God, uh, clearer and growing ever more clearer by study and prayer, so that we can rightly represent Him uh, to others and not represent Him in a coarse way or in a uh, in a in a, uh, a singular way in the sense that God is only one attribute. So the more we can talk about as we go through this. So I, I've i enjoyed today again. I appreciate being with you, Gary.
0: Thanks, Keith. Would well, you we recommend uh, as you join us next week to bring your Bible with you? Because we're going to um, go heavy on Scripture and these things so that they're not just our opinions. I don't think it's proper for a, a, a pastor, teacher, preacher to be saying, I, I think, I believe, I, I imagine, or I, my supposition is, uh, we want to we want to confirm these things in in scripture. So we talk about omnipotence. Is he really powerful? Is that how he describes himself? Yes and amen. But we'll bring him to bear the scriptures on that, which gives the weight to our theology, not just our own opinions of, of things. And uh, yeah, so exactly what you're saying there, Keith. The the God of you know, some people say the God of the Old Testament was was the God of wrath and holiness and justice, and the New Testament God is the God of kindness, and Jesus sort of convinced his mean father to try to Tame, tame it down and settle down and be, be a little bit nicer. But you know that's that's a heresy and it's totally um, and, and uh, in understanding of scripture. To me, that you know, I I'll, I'll just wrap things up with this. the The greatest demonstration of the wrath of God was not the flood, not not the curse in, in the garden, or not the flood, or um, you know, not the plagues of Israel uh, of Egypt and um, mm-hmm. the curses that came upon. Israel of, of their rebellion, and they got put into captivity, like Daniel and those. The the greatest demonstration of the wrath of God was on the cross that that the perfect, innocent Son, Christ Jesus, took the whole sin, the cup of wrath, drank, drank it down to the dregs. The fullness of God, the wrath of God, was satisfied in in the Son, Christ Jesus. And to me, that is that is the wrath of God. And I think that's why there is in the New Testament some degree of you know, the the wrath is still there, but placed upon Christ, particularly for those who trust in Christ doesn't mean that there's still not you know Romans we've been studying looking at Romans here in the last few weeks and it speaks, speaks clearly of the wrath of God, but a lot of it is the wrath to come. so there's kind of an Old Testament wrath and a wrath to come and that we read about in revelation and and in the Gospels and in um, in the epistles we read of uh, the promise of you know you're storing up wrath for the for the day uh, the, the coming day the day of wrath. Um, doesn't mean there's that because God is unchanging his indifferent epochs of time, he he cannot be he cannot diminish certain aspects because he, he can't because that's when I'm gonna say can't but he he doesn't because that's his nature. And so we're gonna have a good time with that. again, bring your Bible. Uh, recommend also that you go back over the po- past four or five weeks if you if you're just uh, tuning in for the very first time to uh, hear Keith and I talk about the attributes of God. You would you would go back about five weeks or so to uh, our, our first. We really started this when we started talking about because of COVID 19. Started talking about the uh, suffering and the sovereignty of God. And so if you look that episodes, those two episodes up there, they're back to back. And then you will catch up, and we'll be together. Bring your Bibles next week, and uh, Lord willing, we'll be talking about the justice of God. And we're going to start off with some of the some of the um, attributes of God that seem more, I guess, in some people's understanding more. Uh, powerful, you know, I, I call them the personal attributes of God and the powerful attributes of God, and that's just my construct. That's not God's, they're all one, but personal in the sense of grace, mercy, they're, they're, they're the kinder, and then there's the holy, just, wrathful, uh, those are the more fierce, uh, and because I, my take on things is the church today is imbalanced towards the, the more personal attributes of God and uh, have suppressed some of the ones that seem, and they're not, but they seem to be more harsh, judgmental, uh, but they are uh, just as loving and merciful and grace. So we're going to talk about some of those first, the wrath of God, the justice of God, the holiness of God, um, uh, God's demand for truthfulness, being God being truth, uh, uh, those things, and then move into the faithfulness, those things. Are you okay to hang out with me for another month or two?
2: If you can put up with me, I'm I'm willing.
0: You've done a great job, and I really appreciate all that you're uh, adding to this conversation. And uh, please feel free to comment on uh, whether you're watching this on YouTube or on our website or uh, through other forms of social media. Put a comment below. We'd love to. uh, Keith and I will look at those, and we would love to. If you're okay with that, Keith, I'm gonna. I didn't ask you this, but I'm already uh, tasking you with you and I looking over the comments, and if they're in a place to reply, I know on my Instagram account, for instance, um, there's a place if somebody comments, I can reply to the comment there as well. So we'd love to get in a conversation with you or if you have any questions for us about the attributes of God, uh, feel free to to contact us and um, we will be glad to get in touch with you more. God's blessing on you, grace and peace to you. Have a wonderful day. Seek God with all your heart, soul and mind. In Jesus name, amen.
1: For many believers, the wrath of God may sound cruel or unfair, but the Bible offers a very different understanding of God's wrath and justice. God brings sin and evil to justice with His wrath. He does not ignore crimes or pain. This means that one day He will correct all the wrongs in the world. Yes, even God's wrath gives us a reason to praise Him. This episode was written by Rachel Schimmitz. Our producer is Chris Wigginton, with video and sound production by Aaron Gale. The critical work of World Challenge to encourage believers around the world is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you. Thank you for listening and supporting. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ.